If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead. It'll be up on the screen, but, you know, also there's just something about turning to the Word. Uh, we're going to head to the book of Philemon in the New Testament towards the, towards the end. It's one of the smaller books, but uh, as he said, it has a, a, lot of, a lot of things to teach us. So we're going to read the whole, uh, it's, you know, one chapter, one book, 24 verses. So we're going to read that first and then kind of jump into this, all right? So it starts off, Paul... A prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Athia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual. By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love. Because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient. Yet for love's sake, I rather beseech thee. Being such an one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I beseech thee. For my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is mine own bowels or my own heart, whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel, but without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou shouldst receive him forever, not now as a servant, but above a servant, a, be- a brother, beloved, specially to me. But how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord? If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee, or oweth thee aught, pay that on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it. Albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me, even thine own self besides. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord, having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. But withal, prepare me also a lodging, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. There salute the Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. And speaking of amen, let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you for this word. I pray that it speak life to us tonight, God, the things that you want to show us through it. Let our spirit, man, Lord, our, 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 uh, the ears of our spirit, Lord, our heart, let it all be open unto you, God, and speak to us tonight, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's break this down real quick, okay? A quick overview. If you've never read this book before, how many of you have never read? Don't worry about it. Okay, if you haven't read it before, you have read it now, so nobody would be able to raise their hands, right, Pastor Mo? All right, so let me give you kind of through the King James Version. By the way, bowels meaning the innermost part, not necessarily what we might say today when we say that word. Uh, Paul definitely repeating that word over the time. He is writing this letter from the depths of his heart, sending this letter off to... Philemon, on behalf 
of someone who has been serving him. So at this point in the timeline of Paul's life, he is aged, he is older, and he is in chains for the gospel. All right? So while he has been in chains, still doing the work of God, if you can believe that. Isn't that amazing? Just let that sink in for a second. Man's in jail. Still doing the work of God. So writing letters, making sure all of the churches at this point that have been founded in different homes and throughout the, um, the land, he's still writing letters, still you know, making sure that he's encouraging the leaders there. And so he is sending this letter to a man named Philemon who has a church in his home. And what had happened in times past, Philemon had a servant by the name of Onesimus. And we don't really know why, but what the scriptures tell us here was that at some point... Okay, there was a break where Onesimus fled the house or he left the house of Philemon and somehow found his way to Paul and at this point has been serving Paul in the kingdom business. All right. And now what has happened is Paul, as he has done so well, if we read throughout the Pauline epistles, has no doubt encouraged Onesimus. Can you just see it? You know, hey, man, so come on. So kind of give me your story, Onesimus. And, you know, through the course of time as he's been working with Paul and and helping and the, the work of Christ has decided, you know what? I could keep you here. I could keep you with me. And he even says that if you read it in some other translations, it breaks it down a little more. Paul even kind of little, not strong arms and uh, Philemon, but basically says, you know, through my authority as an apostle, I could tell you, you need to do what I'm about to ask you, but I'm appealing to your heart. I am, I'm going to appeal to you. I'm not going to come with strong words. I'm going to appeal to you. I'm encouraging you take Onesimus back. Whatever he's done to wrong you, it's in the past. If he, if he owes you anything, I'll pay it back. I'll pay it back. But I, I am asking you, this is, I'm, I, it's as if I'm sending my own heart. Some translations even say that. I'm sending my very heart to you through Onesimus. And I'm, I am asking you. I'm not commanding you, though I could, because I'm in leadership over you. And I could say, you need to do this. But I'm asking you, please take this man back. And you know what? Maybe, maybe him, him breaking away from you was profitable because now he's come back to you, not just as a servant, but as a fellow brother in Christ. I implore you, I urge you, take him back. And I'm writing this in my own hand. The guys that have been helping me, Aristarchus, Demas, um, how's it say? In verse 24, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my guys, hey, we're, we're all happy. We're so pumped that everything's going, going your way. And we pray that peace and, and God's work just continue to flourish. And I write this with my own hand. So, so what are we seeing here, right? There's a broken relationship somehow. There's been a, there's been a breaking of relationship between Onesimus and Philemon, he's found himself with a man of God who has taken him in, he's gotten him working, and he's decided that, you know what, Paul is going to have a hand in helping mend this relationship, okay? So we see that, right? Everybody following? Just gave you a quick overview. So as we're coming towards the end, in verse 24, and I just read it again, there's, there's several guys that he mentions, but there are two in general that I also want to focus on tonight as we talk about Philemon as a whole. There were two fellows that he mentioned. He mentioned Marcus or Mark, okay? And in other translations, John Mark and Demas. These are two guys that at this point in time, at the time of writing this letter, are co-laborers with him. They are fellow laborers in the cause of Christ. So they are on good terms with Paul. Things are good, amen? All right? Because he wouldn't have said, hey, my fellow laborers greet you, okay? Marcus or John Mark and Demas. Now, the relationships we previously mentioned all of them 
would ultimately have different outcomes. And so I guess tonight, if we can just title this teaching real quick, we can call it Breaks, Strains, and Healings, okay? So Paul states that Onesimus had once been useless. He even used that word. He said once, or in this translation, unprofitable to you, right? So he said, this guy, I, I get it, I get it. Once, he was, he was worthless to you, okay? Anybody ever heard this phrase before? You're dead to me. Anybody ever heard that before? Okay, so at some point... Philemon, I know Onesimus was useless to you, but now he's being sent back, carrying the very letter from Paul in hopes that he'd be received as a fellow brother. All right? This was a broken relationship. Many times we have breaks that happen because they must. Sometimes they happen because they, you know, because of, you know, things that are wrong. But how many of you would realize there are sometimes there are things that happen in our lives, things that have to be broken out of our lives that are a must. Everybody agree with me? We have breaks that are bad, but sometimes we have things that have to be broken out of our lives. But sometimes, if you look at any break, whether it's a thing that needs to be broken out or, or, or something that shouldn't have happened, breaks happen because two things that were once together begin going in opposite directions. Let's look at an arm, all right? How many of you have ever broken a bone before? Anybody? We have got a few of you? Okay. How many of you have ever sprained something before? All right. So we got more sprains than we have breaks. And we're going to get into this because this is what we're going to use tonight to talk about the relationships in our lives, especially in the kingdom of God and how God wants us to pay attention to these things when stuff eventually happens. All right. Now, you're going in the opposite direction and a break happens. All right. If your arm is like this, okay, and you're holding out something and all of a sudden maybe your arm's hanging out of a window, you're helping somebody move something and that, 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 you know, that sofa or whatever that you were holding on to, the other person lets go of their slack and all of a sudden gravity takes over, your arm starts to bend in a way that it wasn't designed to, right? And all of a sudden you hear a loud pop and you know something ain't right anymore. Because these two things started going in opposite directions, there was a break. Okay, breaks happen. But the interesting thing about a break, when you break a bone, all right, there's no confusion, right? There is absolutely no confusion about what just happened to me. And for those of you who broke a bone, when it happened, was there any confusion? There's just a whole lot of pain. But you knew, hands down, this is what just happened. This went the wrong way. My arm's not supposed to bend like that. Now, all of a sudden, my arm's hanging in a direction that it's not supposed to hang anymore, and I can't make it go back up. Something just happened. There was a very clear break. There was no miscommunication. There's no misunderstanding. You had a break in your life, okay? Now, you know exactly what's happening, and you know, at that point, what needs to be done. We know, all of us who've ever had a child before that has broken a bone, or we've broken a bone, or we've seen it, we know what needs to happen. ER, there needs to be a resetting of the bone, there needs to be a cast, and then you need to let it heal. Now, the interesting thing about that is, in these other relationships that were given, the injuries or the outcomes were a little different. Now, more of you raised your hand when I asked how many of you have ever had a sprain or a strain before. Many more hands went up, okay? Now, these are two guys. I mentioned Demas and I mentioned Mark. Demas, who was once mentioned in this scripture verse in 24 as a fellow laborer, you realize he would soon desert Paul and that relationship would be broken. You can put this up on the screen in 2 Timothy, which comes after Philemon. 2 Timothy 4.10, check this out. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. That's a very sad statement. A fellow laborer, okay? Fellow laborer 
Demas, verse 24 of Philemon. My fellow co-laborer Demas sends his regards. Just a few books later and a few years down the road, that is no longer the case of how Paul is closing out his letters. Hey, I know some of you guys want to know about Demas. Let me just tell you, he's forsaken me. Okay, Uh, he loved the world. He loved the things of this world more. So what happened there? There was a clean break. Was there any, is there any confusion right there in what Paul said? No confusion whatsoever. Hey, Demas decided that the things of this world were more important to him than the things of this God. He has the things of our God and he has deserted me. That's pretty clean. Would you agree? Clean break. It's broken out. We know why it needed to happen because obviously you can't minister the word of God when you love the things of the world. Clean break, we know what needed to happen. That was a breaking that needed to happen in the life and the ministry of Paul. Because obviously you can't do very good ministry whenever you're walking around with your arm hanging, flapping, okay? That kind of break does not need to happen. You don't need to let it go like that. There was a clean break and it needed to break out, okay? So how unfortunate that he goes from being a fellow laborer to being somebody now who is regarded as having deserted me and he has loved the things of this world more, okay? But... As we said before, it needed to happen and it stayed broken because there's no other mention in Scripture that there was any reconciliation for Demas having come back to the the way of God or even come back to the ministry. So as far as we know, that broken relationship stayed broken. It was broken out of Paul's life and it continued on. Now, the other guy, Mark, who is mentioned in verse 24, prior, for some of you who've ever done the study and you know about John Mark before, prior to Philemon... Okay, we have in the book of Acts, if you want to throw that up there, Acts 15, 38, check this out. This is before Philemon, but Paul thought not good to take him with them. This is talking about this very guy, John Mark or Marcus, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. Read this again. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them, uh, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. Next verse. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus, last verse. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. So give you a little little backstory. Okay, you've heard about, maybe you've heard about Barnabas before, which means son of encouragement. There was a time where Paul and Barnabas, man, they were thick as thieves. They were doing the work for the kingdom. They were going out together two by two. They were making it happen. And somewhere along the line, Mark began to go along with them in their different ministry. Now, Mark was the cousin of Barnabas. And somewhere along the line, Mark decided things are getting a little too tough. It's getting a little too hectic out here. Uh, Appreciate what you guys are doing. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to head back home. Now, it doesn't say that Mark loved the things of the world. It just says that he departed, okay? Somewhere along the line, he felt a reason to return home and he broke with them before their ministry was done, okay? So now all of a sudden, uh, what's happening here in this verse of scripture is Paul and Barnabas are about ready to go out again and Barnabas makes the suggestion, hey, let's go ahead and bring Mark along with us. Well, what does Paul say? Paul, very black and white in this issue, says no. He did this to us once before. We're not going to bring him along again. See, what's happening here is now Barnabas and Paul begin to, and it says it was so contentious the disagreement between the two of them that Paul and Barnabas parted ways and again scripture never tells us that the two of them ever went back together you know I've heard the story of Paul and Silas in the jail well that's how that union came to being Paul and Barnabas the 
the band broke up. There was no longer Paul and Barnabas. It was Paul and Silas now. And that's how that came about. And so Barnabas decided to take Mark with him. And Paul took Silas by the recommendation of the church. So we see there that this was not something that was done in private. This was, okay, this was a, this was a strain that happened. And so Paul took Silas. And what we happen here, we see between Paul and Barnabas was a straining of a relationship. Because what had happened prior was, I don't know about you, but if you're ever depending on somebody in the middle of things, right, Pastor Mo, if we're, if we're moving something heavy, Zach, you know, like whenever y'all went give that, that, that hockey table, okay, if you, you know, you're holding it and all of a sudden, if, if, if Mario would have decided in the middle, hey, bro, I'm going to go take this call. Okay, you know what I'm saying? And you to drop that. Okay, that, that's basically what happened. Mark did not, you know, they didn't complete ministry. All right? They didn't complete ministry, and, and he decided he left them in the middle of ministry. I don't know about you guys, but when you lose that help, that causes a strain. It causes a sprain, and that is what happens in our, in our lives whenever, you know, all of you rose your hand. Who's had a sprain before? A muscle, a tendon, or a ligament is strained or there is too much pressure placed on it, or it goes in the opposite direction. And damage is done to that material. Now, where are you going, Pastor Tommy? All right, I'm trying to get back. Like I said, 10 minutes, I was trying to flesh it out here. So, Mark, years before his relationship with Paul had been broken, okay, with his desertion on a missionary journey. That relationship was strained. Paul recognized, Mark, listen, bro, I love you. I appreciate what you've done for us, bro, but, man, you left us hanging, okay? You left us hanging, uh, really? I mean, like, we really needed you, man, and you just, you just checked out. Like, I can't just let you jump on board with us again. Whoa, 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 hold on, Paul. Hold on. Look, man, it, it's all good. <laughs> Barnabas, I'm sorry, man. I, I can't get with you on this. Like, you, you do remember, like, you and I had that conversation. Like, you told me Mark was going home and we needed him. Yeah, but I, look, man, we, we can try it again. I'm, no. Things of God are serious, amen? And Paul was doing a clean break. Look, I cannot bring Mark with us on this trip. I cannot, okay? We, we can't have that again, and we're going to get into this. So because there had been a strain there, Paul made a clean break. And in a result, as a result of that, his relationship with Barnabas was strained, okay? Now, let's get back to Mark itself. Now, this not only, as I just said, it not only caused a break, but it strained his relationship with Barnabas, and they argued over using Mark again. And as far as we know, Barnabas and Paul never really reconciled. Here's the point that we're, we're, we're coming into tonight with all of this. In Christ, ladies and gentlemen, church family, we must take care as to how we handle strained relationships. The more I looked at this, the more I studied this, the more I looked at it today, that just God began to just continue. And I will say this, this is a message that is kind of in a state of flux for me. You know, I started studying it for the, for the devotion on Monday night, and even as today, I was unpacking a little more. There's just, God's just bringing revelation on this, so I know there's even more that can be said about it than what we're going to discuss tonight. But one thing just, just, just struck out to me, we must, or stuck out to me, we must take care as to how we handle strained relationships Here's the problem, guys. How many of you have heard before about strains and sprains never really, or not all the time, but many times not totally healing back like they should, okay? Many times, look, you have, as we said before, you break an arm, you know exactly where you stand. It's a broken arm. We're going to take this to the doctor, and hopefully the doctor does what he needs to do. He gets the two bones back going in the right direction. There's a cast, there's time, there's set, and then there's healing. But the way that a torn muscle or a sprained muscle or a strained ligament or a strained tendon in our body, when those are damaged, the way that it heals, and, and this is so amazing, it's just, isn't it just amazing how creation, I mean, the Bible even says it, creation speaks to the character of God, amen? 
Life and the, the things that we go through have so much to teach us in Christ if we'll just pay attention. So the initial healing in a strain is very unstable. And this is the thing about strained relationships. It can be over a misunderstanding. It can be through something you do understand. But when you say, ah, their relationship is kind of strained, what are you saying? Neither one of them know where they stand in that relationship. Does that make sense? When a relationship is broken, you know exactly where they stand. You know what I'm saying? A broken relationship, whether it was broken for a good reason or a bad reason, you know exactly where you stand. When the relationship is strained, you don't always know where you stand. And that is the problem. And that is why God is challenging us tonight with this word to take care. Because I'm not saying it's a matter of if. It is a matter of when strained relationships come in our life, in our walk with Christ, in the ministry of reconciliation. God wants us to show us how that we need to take care, okay? Because what happens is whenever strained muscle or strained things are healing back, what comes is called scar tissue, okay? And the reason that muscles and sinew and fiber and all of that many times are not as strong as they once were, it's because the scar tissue that is created inside of those tissues, it is not um, going in one direction. Even a, if you, you know, if you look at a, a muscle tissue or a tendon underneath a microscope, it has fibers inside of it, just like bone that are going in the same direction. Follow? When scar tissue comes in, it's a ball. It's a wad. It doesn't have a set direction. And you've got this chunk that's missing out of this tissue and scar tissue forms there. And what was once straight and uniform and going together has now been stressed in opposite directions. And the scar tissue that is formed there, even the scar tissue, is not going in any direction. And so that creates a weakness. Though there is tissue there that is created to bridge the gap, it's not going in the same direction. And that's why many times you will have something when it heals that is stiff or is weaker. Okay? So in our lives, whenever we have relationships that are strained and we just say, oh, well, you know, they kind of did me wrong or whatever. We'll just, you know, time heals all things. You've heard that before. Time does heal things, but many times the healing is not always complete. Okay. There's a reason whenever I said this in Monday night, there's a reason whenever marriages are damaged or you have relationships that are damaged and you go and talk to people, it's called therapy. Just like in physical therapy, muscles that are damaged, physical therapy that has to be applied. There's a reason the same word is used. It's weak. And check this out, guys. It can cause more damage. It can cause more pain. And it can cause re-injury if it's not dealt with properly. It's dangerous to just enter back into a relationship that is strained that you have not dealt with properly because you do not know where you stand. That is why I believe one of the reasons, maybe not the total reason because the scripture doesn't say it, but I believe that is one of the reasons that Paul would not bring Mark on the next journey because there was a strain there and Paul did not know where Mark stood in his, in his, in his conviction and in his commitment to the work that they were at, nor was their relationship that he knew where it stood anymore. Why in the world would Mark or would Paul trust something that was now in a weakened state to go back out and go do the work of the Lord in, in lands far where you got to have your strength up? You know what I'm saying? There had not been healing done yet there. And as such, Paul did a clean break. Okay? Because he knew that at that point that things, he didn't know where we stand there. Where do we stand? I'm unsure right now. There's been an injury and there's healing that is coming, but it's not complete yet. 
And so if we try and to just go out into relationships that have been strained, whether it's in the world or whether it's, uh, I say world, you know, people in our lives and our family who may not know the Lord, and especially in the ministry, it can be, it can be very, 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 proceed with caution. When there has been a strained relationship trying to just go and just carry on as if nothing ever happened. I'm not talking about remembering wrongs. That's not what I'm talking about because the Bible says we're not supposed to do that. But there is a measure. God wants us whole. That is the point of all of this. You with me? God wants us whole. And there are things whenever they happen that God doesn't want us to just, you know, brush it under the rug like nothing ever happened from the standpoint of, oh, well, whatever. God wants us to deal with things. When sprains and when strains happen in relationships and we know that this is not a relationship that needs to be broken out, But we can't just carry on with that. God wants us. There are ways and there are things that we have to deal with. To deal with the healing of strained relationships is important. And and this was something I wrote today. Muscles, check this out, guys. Why is it important? Why is it important in our natural bodies to make sure that the healing process of a torn ligament or or a sprained ankle muscle, why is it important? Why is it important that the healing is done as properly and as efficiently and as whole as you possibly can? Because muscles, tendons, ligaments are connective tissue. Okay, a bone is a bone. Okay, if I didn't have any bones right now, I'd be, a, I'd be a blob on the ground. I'd have muscles, I'd have tendons, I'd have ligaments, but there would be nothing for them, okay? That is our structure, okay? Bones make up our structure. That is our solid foundation, okay? When you have bitterness, when you have junk in your life, that is something that needs to be broken, okay? That's what we're talking about here, okay? Those are things that need to be broken out of our lives, but those are things that need to be healed, and God can heal them up with something better. Let me break the brokenness out of your life and bring humility. Let me break bitterness out of your life and bring healing, okay? And so that's, that's bedrock things. That's stuff that there's no question there, okay? I don't need to have bitterness in my life. That needs to break. That's like a bone, okay? That's something that, okay, a break. But whenever we talk about our relationships with people, this is the tricky part. Okay, because in the body of Christ, it even says it in scripture, there are many, right? We are many and we make up the body of Christ. So if you want to look at us this way, and let's take it back to our own person. When we have, a, when we have something um, that is strained, that is a connection, okay? My relationship with my wife, just for a, a quick side story, okay? Some of you may know, oh, Tracy's not in here. Okay, I, I think I said this one of the last times I spoke. I, I, I strung my beautiful, loving, supportive, amazing, awesome wife along for seven years before I finally got down on one knee and asked her to marry me. I was, I was stupid, I was foolish, and I had to get my head screwed on right, okay? Now, there came a time in the beginning, in the first couple of years, where I strung her along and I strained our relationship. And for a while, we didn't know where we stood. She didn't know where she stood with me. She didn't know where, where do I stand with you, Tommy? There was, okay, and I would come back and I would, I would kind of, you know, I was just trying to figure some things out where really I was commitment issues. Anyway, but, but what was going on was I was, I was continuing, I wasn't dealing with what was going on with me. And at the time, I had strained a relationship and was trying to carry on without really dealing with it, without bringing the proper healing. And there came a time, about year four, okay, where she came to me one day and said she made a clean break and didn't talk to me for three years. Because I was causing further damage to her as a person. 
I was causing damage to her. And because I wouldn't deal with it, I wouldn't sit down, I wouldn't talk things out with her, we wouldn't get to the root of the problem, I wouldn't allow healing to really happen. And well, let's just kind of keep the status quo, let's just kind of whatever, okay? That strain, that sprain, that damage was not being healed properly. And so what had to happen was a clean break had to be made. But praise the Lord, <laughs> that was something that had to be broken out of her life because it was no longer healthy for her, okay? And I deserved it. But praise God in his grace and his favor and his mercy towards me, three years later, he finally, through enough mess in me, healing came in the strains and the sprains and the nonsense in my own life. I clean broke some things out of my life, and God was able to take like a broken bone those things that had been separated, and they were joined together, and now I believe, just as the minister says, let no man separate. But there had to be a time that the, the, the strain of things was, it wasn't being dealt with. And so there had to be a clean break because damage was continuing. Think about it this way, guys. If the devil can weaken our connective relationships, he can weaken the body of Christ. Because while Sarah and I were kind of weird, funky, what are they? Okay. We go to the same church. We have the same friends. Now, we can talk about this like it's just high school drama nonsense, but let's really look at this because at this point, we're already at college. So there were people that whenever I moved back home, because it was a whole lot easier in those beginning years, I didn't live here. But when I moved back home, it became all of a sudden very interesting because now all of a sudden we have friends in the same church who are having to take sides because this isn't high school drama anymore. This is real emotional nonsense on my part that I'm causing, okay? And so I'm not saying I single-handedly weaken the body of Christ, but in a way I did because I was damaging connective tissue in the very house of God where we both served. And that affects us so many ways. If the devil can weaken our connective tissue, he can weaken the body of Christ. So we have to decide. We have to decide in those relationships that we know, okay, um, that is a relationship that I no longer need in my life. It is unhealthy. It is from my previous days knowing the Lord. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, I know that that relationship no longer needs to be in my life. Okay, clean break. We know that. Cut and simple, plain and simple, cut and dry. But those relationships that have maybe become strained, something has happened and we've, for some reason, the enemy has, has snuck in and created a a wedge and a stretching and now there's a sprain there and we know that that is not something that God wants to be there. It has to be dealt with. Amen? We recognize that, right? So we recognize in those relationships, okay, there has to be a healing, all right? And so um, I've got a few minutes left, and this was, this was so great, guys. I, I started looking into just, it, it really is wonderful, okay? I'm going to try and do it as quick as I can. There is a healing methodology amongst physical therapists and muscle injuries. They call it the PRICE method, okay? P-R-I-C-E. So when you have, a, when you have an injury, and it muscles, tendons, ligaments from here on, we'll just call it the soft tissue, okay? Because obviously it's not bone, it's not hard, it's soft tissue. And a soft tissue injury, you initiate the price method to help promote healing. And so the P stands for protect. The R stands for rest. The I stands for ice. The C stands for compress. And the E stands for elevate. Now, the first two, protect and rest. Now, these are part of a... Um, what's called of an acute phase. And even in the damage and the healing, they all had different phases, okay? So the first phase is called the acute. Guys, you realize the Bible says don't let the sun go down in your anger, right? 
But it doesn't necessarily say, get on the sofa, hash it out, figure it all out, make it all right. It says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Because we're supposed to be angry and sin not. And I was like, all right, God, trying to rectify that in ourselves. But you know, sometimes when you are hurt, when a strain happens, you realize at the initial onset, it's not done yet. How many of you have ever been to the gym before? It takes you two or three days. You know, you're like, whoo, man, all right. Back when I used to go to the gym, Pastor Mo and Jack, you know, <clears throat> I don't go anymore. But anyway, but you know, you always have that second day. And sometimes, right, Pastor Mo, that third day sometimes is even worse than the second day. Why? Because you've caused micro damage. And this isn't a big, like a strain or a sprain. But when you work out, you're using those muscles and they're creating small tears. But there's a, the damage is not finished. It's not done yet. So somebody can come and do something dumb to you and, you know, you get upset about it and then maybe they want to come back and they're not doing the right, well, let's, you know. And you ever wonder why for the next several days you just lash out and you're just like, man, why am I not right? This happened yesterday. I thought it was over with. The damage is still not done. And so in those first few days, they encourage you, protect the injury and rest the injury. Now, that doesn't mean at that moment that you're like, you can't come into my house until I'm, until I'm done. Okay, there can be, if someone comes to you and it's part of the scripture, I don't want the sun to go down on my anger, you say, listen, hey, let's, let's come back and visit this. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, all situations can be different, but there is a time where, where we are having to recognize and kind of assess what has happened and let, that, and let that go because what is happening is if you try to do anything too early and that wound is not completely finished, it can actually cause the wound to continue. Now, some things they tell you to avoid in those first few uh, days with a major sprain or major strain is to avoid heat, avoid alcohol, okay, that should be a problem, sir, and avoid massage. That was kind of weird, but I was like, all right, God, I, I feel you in this. What are you trying to tell me? Because heat, even alcohol, and massage all promote blood flow. Guys, the blood inside of your body is what causes things to heal. That's why we have the veins. As blood travels, it helps bring healing. But whenever you're first in an injury, the blood flow can cause that swelling. And if you've ever, on on those sprains and strains, when your foot swole up three times the size it was supposed to, that's blood. And if you continue to try and massage it in those first few days after the injury, you can actually cause greater. And it can grow out of proportion. Which is why they tell you to protect it, to rest it, to ice it and compress it. Why? To keep it from blowing out of proportion. Because it's already hot because of the damage. That's why you do the ice to keep it from, from growing and from, uh, and you know, that swelling to, to continue going. And then this was the last part here, elevate. And I was like, all right, God, what? If the swelling does not go down, they tell you, take the damaged area and raise it above your heart. Where are our emotions, guys? The seat of our emotions and our heart, Okay. We are encouraged, even in the natural, to take whenever we are offended, whenever we are hurt about something, and we're like, God, I'm going to deal with this. You're going to have to give me some time. God is not afraid of that. Amen? But we have to make the decision that we're going to heal that relationship. And what we have to do is take that and raise it above our emotions. Raise it above our emotions. Raise it above the heat of the moment that's trying to keep it and, and, and swelling and, 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 and growing and blowing out of proportion. Yes, it can be bad. Yes, it can be all of that. Obviously, it caused damage. But the enemy, that's how one of the things he does, distraction and lies. Oh, it's this and it's never going to be like this. And you're never, right? 
compress it. Let God bring the healing and take it and raise it above your emotion. And whenever that time has come and, it, and that, that time has passed, then you deal with what is called the repair and the regenerate phase. And that is where scar tissue begins to form. And even then, you can say, okay, let, let's work through this thing. Let's, and, and look, that can take a day. Some relationships, it can take weeks. Sometimes it can take years, okay? But the point is, is that you make it up in your mind. God, we are going to do this. And God, I want healing to come and I want it to come the right way. And so whenever that healing begins to happen, that's when we talked about the, you know, the scar tissue being in all different directions. The last phase of it is called remodel. It's literally called this, wherever you work out those areas and that's physical therapy and that's, that's where you go and you take it and that scar tissue as best as it can literally begins to remodel itself to where it goes in the direction of the former tissue that it's surrounding. We have to make that decision in healing. Injury happens. We said it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Amen? The Bible even says it. In this life, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. We have an enemy that wants to destroy us. And many times, through just the simple matters of misunderstanding and lies and deception, he can use us against each other. Sometimes it's not even outside of the body of Christ, it's within. And we have to look at those things that have been broken out of our lives because they were taking us in the wrong direction. Or sometimes they were broken clean so that they can be rejoined later and become something stronger. Remember what he said. Remember what he said about Onesimus? Maybe it was a good thing that he went out of your life so that he could come back to you now. Not just as a servant, but as a brother in Christ. Stronger than you were before. In a strain, the healing, as we said earlier, it takes more effort. It really does. Because you sit in a cast and you just let it, you know what I'm saying? And then the healing's done there and then you kind of work it out. But I mean, the, the job is done there. In a strain, it takes more work. It takes more time. But in that healing, we have to recognize the same. We need to decide we want him to heal us. And we have to have that healing in the same direction. And then here's the awesome thing. Second Timothy 4.10, unfortunate scripture that we put there, talks about Demas having forsaken me and left right? The very next scripture, put it up there, 2 Timothy 4, 11. Now, once again, this is after in the chronology. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for ministry. He's no longer just Mark, my fellow laborer. Yeah, man, Mark's been doing some good work with us. And he's certainly not the Mark that I had to kick to the curb because he bailed on us. Now he is pleading, please bring Mark. Please bring him. He's profitable to me in ministry. What once was a break, what once was a strained relationship, when done properly, when healed properly, now is stronger than it was before. The devil wasn't able to take Mark out of ministry. He wasn't able to break that relationship between Paul and John Mark. It is now where he says, I don't just want him to come and help me. I mean, he's profitable to me. Does that make sense? He is profitable to me. God wants us whole. This is the final thought, guys. In in relationships, the measure we use to heal a relationship The measure we use, in Christ, of course, the measure we use to heal a relationship will determine its strength going forward. Let's not let the the devil take us out and weaken the body of Christ, but let us say, God, where in my life, God, are some things that I need to go and work, even as it says in Matthew, if there's a brother that I've offended, if there's someone that has ought, God, help me to go and do it in your way. Help that healing to come properly in your proper time, in your proper course, and let's see the body of Christ strengthened Amen.